Welcome. I'm your host, Soraya of the Miracle Mom Mindset Show. I'm here to amplify the voices of mothers everywhere, to shift the paradigm of sacrificing ourselves in the name of motherhood, to filling our cup first. I believe self-love is a portal to our inner brilliance, and as we learn to love and care for ourselves, we will be able to take on the miracle of motherhood. Together, let us leave a legacy of deep love, illuminating moms, our children, and the planet at large. I am super excited for you to meet my mom. I love you, mom, and I'm so happy you're going to be sharing your legacy and your life with all of us today. I just felt, given the show is about motherhood, that it would be so fitting to have my mom as one of the first guests on the show as a way to truly honor all that she's given my sister and I over our lifetime. I know I can truly never repay her for all she's given me. And so this is a chance for me to extend my gratitude and my deep love for all the love that she's poured into my life over the years. I wanted to share a letter that I wrote for her in a book I recently published called Motherhood Diaries. Dear Mom, I reflect on all you've impressed upon me as I grew into my own being. You showed me what it means to think for myself, stand on my own two feet, and see the gifts in falling and getting back up with conviction and grace. You were that voice of love, hope, reassurance, and reason when I needed it most. You reminded me to look for blessings and to be grateful for what is. Spirituality and furthering our education were always prioritized, as was your connection and presence with us. These gifts are timeless and have made me into the strong, resilient, loving, and soulfully connected being I am. Thank you, Mom, for giving me the lifetime gift of raising me to be a conscious being on this earth. It is through this gift that I will multiply love and light wherever I go. With love and light, Soraya. So here she is. I'm going to be sharing her lifetime experience as a mom and now as a grandma. She has spent the last 20 years in the psychotherapy profession where she specialized in domestic violence and um, trauma. And essentially she's gonna be sharing with us all the things that she knows around motherhood, around self-love, self-care. And it's really just a chance for me to sit back and witness the remarkable woman that I have been blessed to call my mom all this life. So thank you, mom, I love you. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you, I'm so grateful you're here. Bye for now. I am so excited to have my very own mom on this show on Miracle Mom Mindset. It just felt really fitting to me to have my mom here because it's just a chance for me to really extend my infinite gratitude and love to her for everything that she's given me in my lifetime. And I know I can never, ever repay her. 
um, for the unconditional love and time she's given me and really leading me in such a beautiful way in my life and my path to teach me to lean inward and to really lean on my faith and to um, lean on that voice within in the times of difficulties um, and even in the good times too. So I really wanted to just take this chance and it just it's just a beautiful miracle to have my mom here today to really get a chance to witness her story and really help her share her story, which is really quite incredible and have her share her perspective on motherhood and um, her life and what that has meant to her. So without further ado, I'm going to have my mom come on the show. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hello, Sarai. So happy you're here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I just, uh, it's a blessing and an honor to have you here. Truly it is. And, you know, my last guest, Caroline, um, was on my show and she really just um, made me think about legacy. And, you know, one of the legacies I want to leave on the earth is leave a legacy of love. And when I think of that, I think of my own mom and the legacy of love that she's left in my life and really the light that she has put in me so that I can extend that light and love in others. And so I would love to hear and share your story of your childhood and just starting with, you know, where have you come from and what was your relationship with your mother and how was it to grow up in East Africa? And um, what, what did that teach you to start? So let's, let's start there. So I was born in um, Mombasa, Kenya, but I grew up in Moshi, Tanzania, uh, where we have the beautiful Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, Moshi is like, just like the rest of Africa, uh, a beautiful little town uh, with abundance of uh, beauty, uh, because it's got so much greenery, we had so much wildlife. And um, life at that time was um, very simple. Um, nature was a big part of our life. Uh, and, and I think when I think about uh, growing up in Moshi, um, for me, it's still home because um, I think that when I left East Africa, I truly left a piece of my heart there. Um, I, I was a year and a half and I went to live with my grandmother. So um, I, uh, I didn't spend a lot of time with my own biological mother, but um, I had a wonderful childhood. Uh, I had uh, my paternal grandmother and my paternal grandfather who um, I resided with and my aunts and uncles. And um, I was brought up with a lot of love, guidance, um, and a lot of nurturing. And I think one of the most significant thing, I think that when I look back, that still has always stayed with me, um, is the unconditional love that my grandmother gave me. And the fact that she um, was I mean, faced with many challenges, but for her, her faith uh, was the grounding force. So I grew, up, I grew up rather with a lot of guidance in that area. And, and you know, 
um, it was very natural for me in some ways uh, to um, emerge as an adult with those pieces being very significant uh, and which still continues to be in my life. Yeah, I just, I, I love hearing about your childhood because um, it's so different from how we've grown up in the sense of like growing up in Canada, um, East Africa is worlds apart. And yet there are so many similarities at the same time in the gift that you received from your grandma is the gift that you gave to us as, as children. When you talk about the love and the guidance and nurturing that you got from your grandma and the unconditional love and faith. It's just amazing to, to hear that because I feel that that imprint that she made in your life, then you went on to make that in ours. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, that it's a fact that I, I think we, we learn by experiences in life. And, and I think when we get that gift uh, in our childhood where we have, you know, when the childhood is, 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 is basically safe and, and nurturing. Um, all of the, that piece um, translates, I think, into your own role when you're a parent. Um, because uh, there, there's a comfort zone that you, you just know it. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, when you're a new mom, um, people will say, you know, uh, how do we learn to be a mother? And I think, when you actually receive some of that nurturing and love, it, it comes very naturally when you have your own children as well. Maybe you may not have uh, all the skills uh, to, in terms of providing care, but, but as far as the, the other piece is concerned, where you know how to love your child and how to nurture that child, I think those are learned experiences, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um... I can relate to that so much as becoming a mom and feeling like I had to Google everything at first, <laughs> like not knowing what to do. This generation is all about Googling, not yes. really knowing what to do and, and then learning to really lean on my own mother's intuition and to really trust that I had within me this, this well of love to care for my children and that really I did have all the answers within my, my being, within my spirit. To, to truly love them if I just trusted that, that inner voice. Um, and of course, as moms, I think that it's natural to doubt yourself when you're, you come on new territory and you know, you're just you're gifted this beautiful miracle in your hands and um, you're really learning on the job every day. I still feel like I'm learning on the job every day. Um, so can you, can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like, like I know that um, you grew up in East Africa and then you transitioned to England. And yes, can you so, talk a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so when I was, um, you, you know, when I was in East Africa, um, you know, most of us left home because of the political situation and to further our education actually. And so uh, there was limited resources uh, in terms of doing that back home. So I, um, actually wanted to be a doctor um, growing up. I always wanted to be in a helping profession. And so uh, I really wanted to do that. But unfortunately, you know, the way the circumstances were, 
I wasn't able to pursue that. So I actually chose the ne next best thing, which was nursing. So I uh, applied to the School of Nursing at the Westminster Hospital in London. And uh, fortunately, because I had my um, English O-levels, or rather Cambridge O-levels, uh, I was able to get a spot there. So I left at the age of 18. And uh, when I think back, I think that I was just very bold because, you know, and, and, and it's true, uh, many times you're very naive because you really don't know, um, you know, how it's going to be. So it, it was a brand new experience. I, I spoke English very well. I had been brought up in a fairly a traditional family system, but I think the good part of that was that I had a, I had uh, a grandmother who was very progressive. And so, you know, it was basically allowed to wear miniskirts, go to school dances, was allowed to date if I wanted to, or go out with boys. Uh, but at the same time, because it was a very small town, we were all very sheltered and everybody watched out for everybody. Uh, so when I uh, left for England, um, it was quite a culture shock in some ways. Um, the climate, of course, was uh, really different. Um, the environment in England was very different. Um, and um, going to school in England was very different. But I think that having said that, there were some really happy times too. I remember arriving in England and just really enjoying the freedom uh, of just being, you know, a young adult and, and being allowed to um, explore uh, and do all the touristy things. So go to Trafalgar Square and Battersea Park and go and visit, um, you know, uh, the Queen's um, Castle. And, and so, you know, uh, it, was, it was a new experience. And, and in some ways, when I look back, I think I was fortunate that I was able to do that, right? Uh, not everybody got that opportunity. Yeah, I think that um, I, I always know when you talk about England, it has a soft spot in your heart. Um, and it sounds like it's a very kind of nostalgic time in your life. And um, yeah, I, I can only imagine going from East Africa to England, what a culture shock that would be. And to leave at 18, you know, without your family and without any supports, that's to me is very brave. Um, when I think about that, um, going, you know, halfway across the, the other way across the world and, you know, venturing on something completely new that you didn't even know what to really expect that that's just amazing that you had that courage and that support to really do that. Um, and I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, when you went to England and, you know, after you kind of transitioned and got married, um, and then decided to have kids. What was that like for you? What was that transition like? Well, we, I, when I got married, I was only 21. And so um, unlike most couples in those days, we didn't have children right away, I waited five years. And um, I, I remember that we, because we wanted children, we had moved from London uh, into a smaller uh, town. Um, it's a city now, but Basingstoke was just a small town at that time. Basingstoke is in Hampshire, a beautiful little place where, you know, it was a perfect place in some ways to bring up children. Uh, very small, you know, you know, with beautiful scenery and, and um, you know, we had some great neighbors. 
uh, and the whole neighborhood was full of young families. So it was perfect for us. And um, I remember when, you know, I was actually thinking about having kids. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that if I had children, uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that I was able to give them time. So I was lucky in some ways, although it was very uh, in those, I mean, England is a different country. And so the standard of living is very high. So it's really hard to make your ends meet when only one person is working. But both of us, your dad and I both decided that it was important for me to stay home with you guys. Uh, and so I left my job when I was uh, seven months pregnant with uh, your older sister and, uh, and then stayed home. And um, I did do some work in the evenings, but I stayed home with both you and Natasha. And, um, you know, whenever I think about that time, um, in my, anyway, in my, my opinion, I think that that was the best gift I get to both of you because it allowed me to give you that, that you know, undivided time. Uh, and, and I didn't have any family to, to support me or to help out. So I spent a lot of my time uh, in the home, uh, you know, just, you know, doing the, the usual things parents do, but I also spent a lot of time teaching you guys and, and uh, making sure that you guys uh, were both able to read before you went to school. And, and I think the moment I held, I mean, my child um, in my arms, uh, first Natasha met you, um, there was this, this sense of being in awe. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was in some ways, I mean, scary to, you, you know, to hold a baby in your arms, but at the same time, it was almost like the best gift uh, that you could ever have. And I think that when you have children, you, you come to appreciate that you may give a lot to your children, but in return, you know, they, they give you so much more. Um, uh, all the hugs and, and kisses and love that you, you steal from your children when they're growing up and even when they're babies. Um, all of those things were also very uh, nurturing for me. I, I, I really enjoyed that time. And, um, and then I think when you were 19 months old, we made a decision to <clears throat> come to Canada. And the reason was that, um, you know, we both had enough education to, to qualify on our own, but uh, the primary reason was that we wanted to be near the family. Most of our extended family had uh, immigrated from East Africa to Canada. And uh, we also wanted to make sure that you had contact with your own culture, uh, that you had a sense of community, your, your faith community. And, uh, and then, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide a better lifestyle for, for our children. So that's what made us come to Canada. Wow, it's just, it's just such an amazing story um, for you to, you know, raise us without any family support. And um, being a mom myself, I just... I just know how involved it is to be a mom and, um, you know, to be able to do that on your own and to really sit with us and teach us and spend that time with us has been the best gift that you've ever given us because I just feel that it's given us a lot of, um, like I said, unconditional love and security and even courage as well to step into 
the unknown and step with courage forward into the path of life and whatever it brings for us. So yeah, I just, I am in awe when I hear your story that this is the life my mom courageously lived and continues to live. And so thank you. Thank you for just sharing this story. I'm just, I just love, I love hearing you speak about your life and just how much you poured into us. And I just, I hope you feel in being here today because this is my chance to just, just one, one way that I can just show my gratitude to you. I hope you feel um, the love that pours from us and the gratitude that pours from us on a daily basis. Um, and that you truly do feel all that you've given to us is being um, given to you just through our actions and, and through how we've grown up. Um, so I just, yeah, I just wanted to really thank you for everything you've done for us. I think that uh, I would say that, that there's not a day that goes by when I, I think that I am so very blessed with both my children. And, and you know, when you talk about love, you can see that that love also is now flowing through my grandchildren because um, I, I can see the love that they have for me already. And, and I think that it's almost like a chain, right? So, you know, when I was also in England, you know, I, I also remember even at that time that um, some of the key things that helped me to, to get through some of those, you know, tough times, uh, again, it was faith. Uh, my faith was always very strong. Um, I, I always uh, had this notion that, you know, if you have an issue or a problem, uh, to look for solutions. Uh, and, and I think those are the two significant things that have always helped me to move, uh, no matter what barriers I've had in my life. But, you know, when I talk about uh, you and your sister. Um, I, I think that uh, the reason also that I always remained very strong in my life is that my bond with both of you uh, from the day you were born uh, and, 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 and my praise always is till the rest of my life uh, has always been very strong. Um, my children have always been the most important thing in my life uh, and I've never, um, you know, said otherwise. I mean, if anybody who knows me knows that. Uh, if you ask me what is the, the, the thing that I'm most proud of, uh, then I would say it's my, my children. Uh, and, and I think that um, that is also, I think, what translates into the way you and Natasha have uh, evolved is because no matter what happens, you always have that peace in your heart. You know that um, I always have your back. Uh, and, and that's what parenting is about. Um, there is no perfect parenting. Uh, I was not a perfect mother. Uh, now that I'm a grandma, I look back and I think, yeah, maybe I could have done things differently uh, because I have more knowledge in some ways. But uh, what I wouldn't do differently was that I think I would have the love that I was able to give you uh, would have been the same uh, is even if I had my children today because love comes from the heart. Um, it's it's there's no book for that, um, you know. Uh, and, and so those are the important things. There, those are the important ingredients. I think that as parents we really need to have. Uh, it's important to have knowledge. It's important to learn skills. 
Uh, but I think that if that piece is not that, then it becomes more like a, a, almost like everything is like a tool. Uh, and, um, you, you know, when you just, it becomes like a job. Uh, and parenting is not a job. To me, it's not. It's it's part of, you know, life and part of, um, uh, you know, giving that that special piece of who you are to your children, right? Yeah, I, I love how you've just, like, reflected back on you know, the journey that you've had and what's helped you to be resilient. Uh, you talked about faith and looking for solutions. And I think that's definitely something that you've given to us um, as a gift in just seeing how strong you've been through different challenges and how uh, unwavering your faith has been and how you've been dedicated to both prayer and meditation over the years. I, I know when I was 10, um, you took me to the prayer hall for meditation for the first time and that experience those experiences that gave me really, really stuck with me and gave me this, this sense of peace and this sense that I have a place to go to in the challenges. Aside from my amazing mom, <laughs> I have a place to go to um, in terms of faith, right? In, in those moments where you're struggling um, with your own internal, um, internal battles or challenges. So that's been really, really key. And I, I also really love what you said that, um, you know, that as you look back, there is no perfect parent. I would totally agree with that. Even when I look at my own parenting journey, I am learning and relearning um, every day. Um, but what I love that you said is that, although that's the case, um, what you wouldn't do differently is the love you were able to give us, that you would love us the same and that love comes from the heart and it's, it truly is an ingredient that you need to have for parenting. And I think that that's just so beautiful um, to hear you say that because that's what we feel. Like when I think back at my childhood, you know, I, I, I don't remember the toys. I don't remember any of that. I just remember the love and the quality time you gave us and it was those simple moments that truly formed the memories in my mind, um, you know, from cuddling together to going for walks along the Bow River and just those simple moments together where we could be in each other's company and we felt like everything else faded and it was just us. It was just us as a family unit um, spending that, that time together in pure love. So yeah, I would agree with you. That's just something that when I look back at my childhood, I feel that presence of love, even today. It's something that you carry with you always. And it, so that's it, just amazing. Yeah, it's not something that, as you say, you, should, you can take out and show. And the other piece of that is that I think even when I was in England and I had no help, one of the things that I did do even at that time was I always tried to take care of myself. Uh, so even there, though there was nobody I would get up, I would, I would do my hair, I would dress up. And, um, and I've always done that. And I think that was the other piece that I wanted to teach my children is that if you're a parent, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any time for yourself. Uh, or that you should that you know you should neglect yourself because I think to be a good parent, 
uh, you really need to take good care of yourself, right? So the self-care part is really important. Um, and, I, and I think that, uh, you know, you probably remember that, that even when I worked really hard, uh, if you look back, I, I always, you know, made sure that, um, you know, I also tried to take care of myself as much as I could. Uh, and, and, you know, um, and I did that because it made me feel good uh, to dress up, uh, even though, even then I had to just, you know, be in the home and take care of the kids. But I think those things are important that when we think about parenting, uh, we start with ourselves. If you're running on empty, uh, it's very hard to, to give uh, that type of care and nurturing to our children. But I think if we take care of ourselves, and this is where I think the meditation and the spiritual aspect was a huge part for me as well, uh, that I always practiced that um, and always uh, leaned on that. And, and it became just very natural. And that's what self-care should be, is that you can become very natural. Uh, as part of your life. And you know that I still do a lot of that uh, uh, self-care even now uh, at this stage in my life, right? Yeah, I think that um, when you share that, I think when I became a mom, it was something I wasn't very good at. Um, I almost lost my way in the mothering and um, I was I was serving from an empty cup and it took me a little while to sort of get to a place It took me a, a, an awakening really to get to a place to remind um what what sounds like you already planted in me <laughs> to remind of that that um gift of self-care and self-love of connecting to spirituality and meditation um i really felt when i became a mom that i poured all my love into ari or my son my our first child your grandson of course um, and I just kind of forgot about what it meant to uh, pour time into myself or love into myself. And I thought that that was being a good mom. And then I, I really then shifted after a while, after I had some health issues come up and realized that I couldn't go on like that. I was, I was disconnected. I was um, not feeling uh, like I could um, totally navigate motherhood I felt really lost in many ways uh, but but what's interesting is that what you planted in me it's almost it came full circle so I now see myself getting ready in the morning um, even if it's just being home and meditating in the morning and praying to start my day and connecting inward and filling that cup so I can truly be that place of presence compassion and love for my kids so Thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes we lose our way <laughs> as we experience different things and, and motherhood can be quite a big learning curve. And I think for the mothers that are listening out there, uh, it's a good reminder. It's a really good reminder of how critical it is to truly fill your inner cup so you can, you can be that force of love in, in its full extent for your kids. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your transition because you you moved to Canada and you know to Calgary, which is a very cold place from England. And um, so you transitioned there. Can you talk a little bit what it was like um, seeing us grow up and then you know eventually uh, becoming a single mom? Can you talk a little bit about that transition? 
Well, we, we came to Calgary because uh, your dad got a really good job here. And uh, yes, it was quite challenging when we first came. It was so cold. It used to be days where it was minus 40. Uh, but you know what? You, you, you and your sister were both, um, you know, um, happy little kids. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we transitioned well because, uh, you know, the positive thing was that a lot of the people that we grew up with had uh, fortunately moved to, to Canada. Uh, for, uh, and so we were, and then we had quite a big community here as well. Um, my family was in Vancouver, so we were up and down all the time. They came to visit us as well. So that was really good for you guys as well, because, you know, you, you guys really bonded well with the, uh, with the family and, and you were, you were the first grandchildren in the family. So, I mean, you, you guys were really, you know, sp you know spoiled by everybody and, and, and loved a lot. Uh, uh, and of course, when we merged here with the community, uh, you know, uh, voluntary work has been a big part of our life, always, even when we were in England, uh, and I grew up that way, that you, everybody volunteered in the community, and so we ended up doing a lot of that work here in Calgary as well, and you got, you and your sister were both very involved in that. Uh, and so as you started growing up, you know, I mean, you, we, we had actually... Um, sent you to your different schooling like I mean you were very young you were only 19 months when we came uh, and you'd never been to like to a daycare or to a sitter um, uh, and Natasha was almost five and she was ready to go to school so we actually I remember uh, we tried the daycare and uh, I would drop you to the daycare and I would cry all the way to work because I'd never loved you and, uh, and you didn't do too well in the daycare because you were just not used to that. So we, we had that we brought, uh, you know, family members who helped us to take care of you. And then when you were about three and a half, we sent you to a private school, which was a French immersion school, uh, where you stayed, you studied till you were in grade six. That's why you speak French so well. Um, and, and your sister went to, to school directly because, you know, she was, um, born in a month where, you know, she could go to school at five. So life was about you guys going to school, us having lots of family time. Uh, we gathered all the time during big occasions, Christmas, you know, was big family gatherings, um, birthdays, celebrations, the family would either come or we would go to Vancouver. Uh, and, and so we had lots and lots of good times together in that way, you know, um, we had a beautiful home uh, in Calgary, where you guys, you know, grew up, uh, and I think you were 11, and uh, Natasha was uh, 13, when, you know, your dad and I um, decided to, uh, to go our own way, um, and so um, at that point, I became a single mom, and I remember precisely when at that point that, you know, when I was leaving, um, my only condition was that um, I wanted to take my two children with me. Um, that I didn't want anything else. That was my condition uh, for separation that um, he, your dad could stay in the home and, and keep whatever he wanted, but um, I wanted to live with my children. And, and, you know, we were lucky there was no custody issues or anything like that because we were in agreement. Your dad was in agreement too. 
Uh, and you always had your dad in your life. Uh, and I was very open to that. Uh, and so, you know, it was tough being a single parent because, um, you know, yes, I did have education, but, um, you know, I had done several different things. I had a nursing background, I had an accounting background. Uh, I just had a flower shop that I had opened and closed. And um, I then decided that, you know, I wanted to um, go back to school. And I had two teenagers. Um, but I also made up my mind even at that time that, um, you know, I was very involved in, in, in the community here and, uh, you know, the usual socializing. And I had to make a genuine decision at that time whether I chose to continue my life the way I used to live or I would adjust so that I would continue to be able to give time to my children. Uh, so the most important thing even at that time was that I made the decision to step out of my life and, and then focus on you and your sister and uh, went back to school. Uh, and I remember my two biggest champions when I went to school were you and your sister. <clears throat> and um, uh, when, I, when I was writing my book, I mean, I'm still writing my book, um, I actually do write that, that I remember, you know, that you and Natasha were both so encouraging and, and, and you always had this belief in me that I could do it, even when at times I had my doubts. So, Children can give us so much as well as we do to them. Uh, and even during those times, we were always together. I never left you guys. I, I never, uh, everywhere I went, you guys were always with me. Uh, I always make sure I dropped you to school. Uh, I always make sure that when you guys were playing hockey or whatever, I was the mom who took you to your hockey games. Um, we always had all your friends coming over to sleep over. Uh, and so, um, you and your sister grew up with a lot of uh, security about, you know, uh, just being very bonded. And, and also the relationship between you and your sister is amazing. Uh, you, you know, you always got along so well. Yes, when you were babies, you know, I mean, that was different. But, you know, you've always been like two peas in a pod. You both complimented each other because in some ways you are very similar and, and in some ways you're so different. Uh, but that bond is so strong. And I think a lot of that is because of um, the way you guys grew up um, and, the, and the values that you grew up with. I think those are the important things that, uh, you know, becomes part of who we are as we grow, right? Yeah, I just, I, I'm fascinated because I, I just think of your life and, you know, when you did become a, a, a single mom, there were also a lot of financial struggles and things that you were navigating to continue to give us um, a good quality of life. Um, and you really did juggle a lot. Like you did when you made the decision to go back to school, we were so proud of you and still are at the age of 43 that you went forward. You really were convicted in your calling of doing, you know, going to college, going to university and, and then um, doing your undergrad and your your master's degree in social work and that really was a wonderful example for us to go after our dreams to 
um, really stand courageously and and believe in ourselves. Um, even though you know, as women, it can we can have our self doubts and we can have our moments where um, we need those reminders. But yeah, I think that that was just a really powerful example for both Natasha and I. And um, you're right, like we did spend a lot of time together. And I think having that ability to have a, a home that was open for our friends to come and for um, us, the three of us to spend a lot of time together and also to have that open feeling that we could have a relationship with our father and you were so supportive, that really gave us the best possible outcome um, in what, what was still hard, you know, seeing our parents split was hard, but um, what we always felt is this unconditional love from the both of you. And that that really helped us forward in um, any moments where, you know, we were struggling. And um, yeah, I just, I, I feel grateful that you just put so much into your parenting role. Um, I, I think just uh, speaking to you the other day and how you really, you know, you, you were with us every, every step of the way, you know, you, you prioritized us, you made us feel that this, that your mom as, as our mom, that you do have our back, like you said. And I think that is something that we've mirrored in, in our relationship as sisters, Tash and I, um, you know, that we've seen those values um, in the home environment and now we, we also are an extension of you in the sense of we're there for each other as a family unit and we can lean on each other. And it's just, it's just really beautiful to have that. I think, especially, you know, during this time um, where, you know, the world is at where it is right now to have those support systems that you can lean on, that you can pick up the phone and you can have a conversation and you just feel held in love is just really a gift. So yeah, I just want to just point that out, that that's something that, you know, through your example, we were able to, to garner in our own lives. I, I think that, uh, you know, when you think about life, you know, um, we, we, there's so many things that we need um, and, and also children need uh, when they're growing up. But I think that the important thing is that they need an environment that is safe to grow up in, uh, an environment where they feel like, you know, they belong, right? Uh, that they, that they, they can flourish. Uh, and I think that, um, again, I would say that because I had such a progressive grandparent, uh, and as I, I was allowed to do so many things, even in my, in those days, um, when you guys were growing up, I was also very much able to, to allow you guys to experience new things and, and you know, to be your own person as well. Um, you know, and I think that that is important as parents, we, you know, I mean, as I said, there's no perfect parenting. And many times we want certain things for our children. But I think that one of the things that I learned was that, you know, it's much more important to, to allow your children to be who they want to be. Uh, and, and this is why when we, you know, when we were looking at your education or when we were bringing you and Natasha, uh, we ha had very different ways of parenting both of you because you guys have a very different personalities. 
And, and I really do feel that the reason, you know, you guys have turned out the way you have is because we had some of that insight. I think if you had tried to burn the two of you in the same way, I'm not sure if that would have been beneficial for you. So as parents, we really need to be where the child is and, and to, to value what the strengths are because what one child can bring may, I mean, the other child may not have the same uh, skills, but they may have a lot more other things in them that, that are also very valuable. And one of the things that, uh, unfortunately, within our community, there's a lot of emphasis, you know, on certain areas uh, when it comes to education, uh, and we're very focused on careers that are well that are well paid. But um, I, I think that uh, it's really important to be allowed to pick and choose what you want to do in terms even of your career and to want to be who you want to be, because even for myself. Um, I remember that uh, when I was going into social work, uh, so many people had told me that, you know, it's a real mistake, you're not going to do well um, financially. And my attitude was that I was going to be the best clinician because I am a clinical social worker. And uh, I had my dreams and my goals and, um, and I wanted to prove otherwise. So, uh, you know, being able to listen to your heart um, and to be able to be the person you want to be uh, is very special too. And as parents, I think that's a really important part, right? In allowing uh, the children to be different because even today you and Natasha are very different in some ways uh, and in different fields, uh, but you've both done so well, right? Yeah, I just, I want to thank you for just honoring each of us and giving us that space. I think that, um, you know, it's as parents, especially if you think about parenting so many years ago, there wasn't as much knowledge and tools. And so the fact that, that you and, and our dad had that insight to just be able to parent in those different ways to allow us to, to shine in the way that we needed to shine is really special. And I think that um, that's something I've always felt from you is that whatever my heart has led me to pursue, that you've been supportive. And that's, that's really special. I think coming from a South Asian kind of community, um, some parents, like you said, can get very focused on if you're not in those certain like high paying careers, that that is not worthy of, of your pursuit. And so I'm so thankful that I was able to grow up in a household that allowed me to just explore outside that box and and really just do do our path or or go down the path of something that was aligned to strengths that I naturally had right so that's yeah that's really amazing and I, I wanted to ask you what actually made you choose social work like as your your field of passion and purpose like what led you to really feel sure that that was the path you wanted to go down Remember that when I was growing up, I said I wanted to be a doctor and then I went into nursing and all of those professionals are professionals that focus on healing and, and, and helping others. Uh, so I, I wanted to, to pick, pick up in some ways a career that would in some ways uh, be in a continuum in some ways, right? Because, you know, uh, being a doctor and nurse, you're dealing with bodies and 
with, with the type of work I did, which was clinical, was working with minds. And, and that body-mind uh, work is also very interconnected. So I, I wanted to always um, heal. I always wanted to, um, to be able to help others. And, and that started again very early on. It comes from our community, the voluntary work that you know we all did. Even when you were five years old, they would involve you in voluntary work. Uh, and also, you know, growing up in a family where I saw my grandmother being a caretaker for everybody. And, and I, I, in some ways, uh, translated into that role as well. And as, as I said, as I started growing up, I, I really, again, wanted to just help. Um, and even when I look at my, my life now, um, although I'm not doing as much work uh, professionally as I used to, but um, I, I seem to, you know, even now spend a lot of times, you know, helping my family and friends uh, when they're dealing with situations, particularly with COVID, there's been a lot of uh, family disturbances and, and uh, it comes very naturally to me. And I think that's why I went into that profession. I actually wanted to be a psychologist. And uh, the reason I went into social work is because I could work with a diploma versus I would have had to wait and get my master's before, before I could work as a psychologist. So um, there were some limitations because I was financially uh, struggling at that time. But you know, we sometimes, and this is the other thing that I've truly come to believe, many of the paths that we choose are chosen for us. Uh, and um, I, I look at my life and I think that I was meant to be where, you know, uh, a social worker so that I could help many people in my community. I remember even before I went to school, uh, I was helping with the uh, settlement in our community with the Afghan population, the refugees that came from Afghanistan. So when I went to school, uh, I found myself writing a lot of my papers on, on the community uh, that I had worked with. And um, it just became a continuum. It, it almost felt like um, there, there was a path chosen for me and I was just following some, uh, some deep uh, you know, guidance in, inside myself. And um, I remember when I went into private practice and there were so many times when I would have somebody walk into my office and I almost got that feeling that you know, that person was meant to come to me so that I could help them that uh, in some ways, you know, um, having that knowledge to help others to heal um, uh, was, was in some ways a gift. Um, and, and I still do believe in that, that, you know, we are sometimes given certain gifts in our lives um, that can create healing and hope and, and more so right now, uh, I found that it has become a really big part in, in helping people keep that hope up <clears throat> because it's a it's a very uh, you know scary time for some people uh, and people have lost uh, many things during this time. So you know um, I again as I said fell into that role in some ways, but it was almost it was my calling from a very young age that I just wanted to go into a helping profession, right? Yeah, I think that's just that's really beautiful that you landed upon that path. Um, and then, you know, you really listen to your heart, like you said, and um, I really love what you said that, you know, it's a path 
that's chosen for us. You know, the paths we choose are the paths that are chosen for us. And I think that's just amazing how you felt that you were deeply guided to this path and that, you know, you were guided to help heal others and provide hope and light on their path. And I think you very much have, like, I, I think not only in um, all the people that you've served in terms of your voluntary service, but professionally as well. And even in terms of like Tash and I on our paths, when we've needed hope and, and support and healing to be able to go to you and have the type of conversations where we can go deeper and have those social conversations has been such a gift uh, that I can think back on. And, you know, when I think about um, Natasha and I and the lives that we are, are leading, we are both very driven to help others. It just comes naturally. And I think it's because it comes naturally from our parents, um, that desire to help others, that desire for service. And it comes from our community and our upbringing that whatever we've been gifted, that we, we give that away in the form of service and time. And so that's been a really... Um, a beautiful, beautiful piece that we've been able to weave into everything we do. And it's just, I, I love hearing you speak because I feel that it really uh, makes things go full circle and gives a lot of insight um, as to how we've come across our own paths and, um, you know, all that you've just shown us in the form of example, right? I think that for parents, sometimes it's not always what they say, but it's often what they do that break, gives a big impression um, on kids' hearts and their minds growing up. And so, yeah, I, I feel very drawn as well to be in a helping profession. And I think um, Natasha and I have ended up in, in places, in situations where we've been able to fortunately serve and um, serve from this place of heart. So. Thank you again for another timeless gift. Um, I wanted to just also ask you a little bit about your profession and, you know, what have you learned in, in serving others? Because I know you, you know, you started in the domestic violence area, working um, with women and children. Um, I know you've also run men's groups and, you know, you've worked with um, people with trauma and um, you know, relationship counseling and grief. So you've covered quite a few areas. So in, in terms of working with different um, families and parents and children, what have you learned from this that you feel could be really helpful to share with anyone listening here today? I, I think I, I worked in an area which is very challenging. And, and I think particularly the area of domestic violence and trauma is not well understood. Uh, but because of the type of work I did, I, I was able to do some very in-depth work. I mean, I, no matter who, which parent came through the door, I mean, it, it wasn't that parents don't love their children, but many parents don't have the same um, upbringing uh, that, you know, I mean, I had. Um, when I listened to their stories more and more, I realized, you know, how blessed I was uh, because the early years are so important. And, and I would work with, uh, you know, perpetrators who would be 
violent and who would be, um, you know, impacted by substance use and trauma. And, and when you listen to the stories, uh, what kept coming up was how much that started at such a young age, like, you know, it was uh, part of their childhood that they'd experienced or what they'd seen or, you know, how they, they had been nurtured. And, and then how that becomes a cycle in people's life, right? So, you, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, with the type of population I work, I would say 80, 85% of the people that I've worked with uh, may, were not really, you know, um, bad people as the saying would go, they were just very troubled, they were lost, they had significant childhood issues, uh, obviously, then you have 15% of the population that is actually um, the high-risk population where, you know, they have severe mental health uh, and uh, present with very high risk as well. So, again, it, you know, when I was doing the trauma work particularly, um, what would keep coming up was, you know, how we attach, uh, how are we nurtured at a very young age, uh, sets the, the guidelines in some ways about how we're going to form relationships with other people uh, and how we would attach. And this is where, you know, when we talk about being secure, um, that piece is also very uh, misunderstood because security is not as, as we superficially describe it. It starts from a very early age where you get a sense of feeling uh, inside of you of safety, of, of being, you know, loved, of being, you know, being able to go to somebody to, to ask for help if you need that. And especially when your child is your parent, you're able to do that. And I think that many of those things also help me to do some of my own healing. I mean, none of us are perfect. We all have certain types of behaviors. And I think as I started working and doing more and more deeper work, um, I think that, you know, when I look at the work I did, I truly believe that whatever I gave to my clients, I also benefited a lot because if you're really ethical about your work, you can't be telling other people to do what you're not doing. So I had to relearn, reteach myself many things. And I think that it helped me to become wiser and less judgmental and really see the, the, the human behind the person. Because I think, you know, when people come to your door and, and they may come with some very significant uh, issues and some very dangerous stuff that may have happened, uh, you can either look at just the behavior or you can actually try to figure out why a person does what they do. Uh, I also had to learn that I couldn't, it wasn't my job to fix people. Um, I'm a guide. I, I, my job is to teach and I, my job is to help them to translate that knowledge into actually being used. Uh, but I also had to accept my own limitations because, um, you know, many times, you know, you cannot, um, you know, I mean, sometimes you can't see the progress you want to. And, and you have to accept that you can't change people. The change has to come from within themselves. Uh, but having said all that, the most important thing with doing the work that uh, I do or the type of work that I do, uh, you need to have both head and heart. You need to have empathy. Uh, you need to really want to help others. Um, uh, you, you know, I mean, there are many people around and, and, and 
you know, who do the work. But the question always is that, what is the purpose of the work that you're doing? And for me, it, it was always about helping others to, to get to a better place, um, to release some of the pain that they had, um, to show them, to guide them. Uh, and, and even if sometimes people needed to, you know, keep doing that work over their lifetime because change is not as easy. Uh, that's fine by me. I always said, even if I teach you 10 things and you take two and really use that, uh, that tells me that I did something worthwhile. So, you know, I, I had to teach myself a lot of things uh, when I started this work and, and also, um, you know, be able to help others and, and not make it about, you know, uh, you measure that in terms of how much and how many. Um, I just focused on one at a time. To me, every person that came through my door, uh, it, it always was about that person. Um, I didn't compare. I didn't try to put a number on that person. Um, and I think that even to this day, um, I'm grateful because I still have such good relationships with most of my clients uh, and also the, the workers, that, people that I work with. Because I think that that's what has always perhaps stood out about me is that I genuinely care. Uh, I really do care. Um, and even when I'm dealing with family members or friends and they come to ask me for help, at the back of my mind, I always have this sense of, if I'm trying to help somebody, I don't want to make the situation worse. It was, and I also did my practice from that angle, um, harm reduction. It was always, that piece always stayed with me. So I think those are the important things that I've learned, <coughs> excuse me. That you know, you you when you go into a profession like mine, um, it's also a learning piece. But I think that uh, if again, just like when we were talking about parenting, the genuine piece about being a parent is love and the nurturing piece that you give to your children. The rest are skills. I think it's the same thing with work like the type of work I did. The genuine piece about it is that you generally do need to care for people. And yes, then to have build on those skills and learn and, and keep learning uh, and, and finding better ways of being able to break those barriers, right? So uh, in, in some ways, when you look at life generally, I think that, you know, the notion that no matter what you do, if you give of yourself, uh, that becomes much more important than anything else. There's a lot of, uh, lot of uh, research on this subject about you know, how important is, is theory when you're doing work. Uh, theory is important, but the most important thing is the relationship that you have with your clients. And I think that says it all. Yeah, I, lo I, love, um, I love what you shared that it's the head and the heart, right? And that combination. And I think that people can really feel that genuineness and that love that you're giving and that empathy that you're giving um, and I think that's what's really helped you to really make the impact in people's lives and and really leave that lasting impression because when people feel that openness that someone's heart is open that they're in a space of non-judgment and that they can truly come for help and receive that that is just that that makes all the difference like I I feel like when I'm in a space of um, interacting with others and those are the 
feelings that I'm surrounded with, there's that natural openness that your heart has um, to be able to heal in a way that you may not have been if someone is solely focused on, uh, you know, the theory, like you said, or um, just the skill part, right? Um, it's a combination of both. So I think that's, that's really, really insightful. Um, as well as the fact that you mentioned that, you know, when, when you're serving your clients, um, that you actually found that it, it brought up things within yourself that you wanted to look at differently. And, you know, as you were healing them, you were also healing pieces within yourself um, and, and reflecting on ways to serve in, in, in different ways. Um, by truly, you know, embodying the things that you were teaching. So I think that's really, really amazing. And I guess if, if there are moms, you know, if there are moms that are in a domestic violence situation, you know, either verbal or physical abuse, what, what, um, what would you say to that mom? I think that number one is really important to talk to somebody, somebody who uh, understands what that means, what, you know, and has a good understanding about domestic violence. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of times the biggest fear people have is that they, they, will, they will be forced to leave and that they, they will lose their children. And so all those issues come up. But I think that in my opinion, if the situation is not totally unsafe and you do seek help and you actually are able to get that help, you can really change the dynamics in your relationship. And, and obviously the most important thing would be is your safety because I think it's important for moms to remember that if you're not able to protect yourself then you're not gonna be able to protect your children, right? And, it, and it's a tough place for mothers to be in, I know that. But at the same time, there's so much help out there. So, you know, talk to somebody, get the right help. And many times what I also find is that women will sometimes lack skills in how they can shift some of the power imbalances in their relationship. So they may also lack skills. So it's good to get some skills to be able to get the power in your relationship so that you're able to keep yourself and your children safe. But at no time should you ever compromise your safety. Uh, if you're at real risk, then you need to get help uh, and, and never feel bad about that. So, so would help um, be, uh, you know, reaching out to a, a local shelter or would it be like, where would people go for help? All right. So if you really, first of all, if you're really at risk and you think that you're in danger, call 911, obviously you need that help. Uh, normally when the police come, they will take you to a shelter. If you're not going to call the police and you think that, you, that's, that's, that it's not got to that point, there are shelters in the city that you can call. There are many communities where they actually will offer you help as well, right, within your own communities or the larger community. You could also ask for some counseling support through shelters as well, like many of the shelters offer counseling, right? And, and I think that, you know, if you are involved in any, any domestic violence issues, then I think you should have a safety plan. Um, you should always have a safety plan where you are prepared uh, and it's not difficult to do a safety plan because you can, you can, you know, if you Google, uh, Google it, you'll get a really good safety plan. And, and when you look at your safety plan, it talks very clearly about what things you need to keep ready and what should be your preparative play, a piece as well. And what are you going to be prepared with in case if things get out of hand? 
uh, in that way, if in case you have to leave, uh, then you're not faced with all those challenges, you know, that you may face otherwise. So I think that it's important that if there are concerns that are, you know, safety issues in your relationship, then number one, you do need to speak to somebody. Number two, you do need to have a safety plan. And I said that if you really feel that you're unsafe, then call the shelter. And, and if, if they, you know, if they're not able to take you in, for example, if they are full or anything, then the next, next piece would be, do you have family members, do you have friends who can help you out, right? Until they have a spot for you, right? And then if you're really in danger, then you really do need to call 911. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think it's such an important topic um, just to empower um, moms on that might be facing that situation. Um, so I just had a, I had a couple more questions uh, the, and we'll just kind of shift to a, a different area now, which is um, how did it feel for you to witness your two daughters become a mother and follow the path of motherhood? What did that feel like for you? You know, when you're a parent and then you have children and then you start having grandchildren, it's like a cycle, right? Like it's almost a cycle is not completing in some ways. And, you know, um, it's it's interesting that when I sometimes see the both of you and the way you, you are parenting, the way the type of parents you become, uh, there's so many similarities to me. Um, you know, and, and you know, um, I, I see both of you being such great moms, you guys have so much patience um, with both, with your children. And, and, you know, again, I see that, that how important that relationship is for you, how protective you are of your children and, and, and you know, how much time you are giving your children. And particularly nowadays, time has become, you know, an issue for many people because time is money as the saying goes. And many parents uh, don't have sometimes the capacity or, uh, or have other things that may distract them. But for both you and your sister, I think that you have prioritized well, uh, that you are putting the interest of your children first. Uh, and, and then you're both great parents. And, and uh, I, I feel very, you know, very proud of the way you both are, are turning out. Uh, I also have to thank you for giving me two of the most gorgeous children my beautiful grandson, Aryan, and my beautiful granddaughter, Amara. Uh, and um, just watching them grow um, is such a delight, you know, and, um, you know, the way, you know, the, they are and, and the way you, you are bringing them up every day, how much effort you put into that and, and how much, um, you know, you nurture them. Um, it's so proud to see you doing that. You know, it's, it's um, you know, I, I really feel in some ways, you know, that um, uh, although I always used to say, okay, you know, my children are grown up, they can take care of themselves, I'm done. But I know I'm not done because when I see my grandchildren, I, I want to be part of their life. Um, I, I want to play with them and I want to nurture them and love them. And, and so it's given me, I think, a, a new leash in life, right? Uh, something to look forward to. So it's such a special gift, you know, grandchildren, because they bring so many different things to your life. It's It's been so special to, um, I think becoming a mom has really deepened our connection to you as well, because we just have a different understanding of all it was, and we still have so much more to go. 
but all the things that you did for us that we didn't have a physical memory of that now we are doing for our children. And it's been really, really um, special in terms of deepening my love for you. I think my love has always been deep for you and my gratitude, but it's even more um, deeply felt because I just, I remember becoming pregnant and, you know, the different um, physical challenges there delivering and then, um, you know, going through motherhood on a daily and thinking about how you did it um, with no supports and being in England and being so young really, really just gives me a newfound appreciation for you and, and everything that you've, you've taught us to prepare us for this moment. And, you know, really there is no preparation as they say for becoming a mother, but it, as you said, if you have that solid foundation in terms of childhood, it really does give you a good launch pad in terms of how to nurture and how to love. And, and those are things that come naturally because I think that is something that you just gave us so much of. And so I, I'm so grateful that we have you, um, you know, we have grandparents just give such pure love to our children. And it truly is just a beautiful gift to see you interact um, with Aryan and Amara and to see you guys um, play together and, and just to see their, their faces light up when they see their grandparents and, um, I'm just so glad and fortunate we have that we have you here and really just trying to savor every moment um, that we we have together. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of close off today with is there uh, two questions? Is there any advice you want to advice or final messages you want to give to moms and um, and also just wanted to hear about your legacy, those two things. So one thing I would say to every parent, never give up on your children. Uh, children grow and, and they grow through different phases and they will challenge you. Uh, but, you know, what they will need from you is that, that stability. You're going to be the rock. And if they're shaking, you can't be shaking with them. So being, you will have to have that maturity, uh, patience as they grow as well, right? Uh, because you will be the buffer in their life. You, you will be the, the, the uh, grounding piece in their life. Um, and, and as I said, you know, I mean, no parent is expected to be perfect. There'll be times when you'll be really upset or angry or whatever with your children. Uh, but that is a very short memory if you think about the long term. And, and remember that as parents, yes, you do have more maturity and wisdom than your child. So you can't compare their behavior with yours. And I think that it's important to always remember that, you know, they go through different phases in their life and that it's, it's, a, it's difficult for them too. So if they're struggling and we start struggling with them, um, it's very hard for them. But if we are struggling, then as I said, get help. There's so many, uh, places that we can seek help from and and it's okay to ask for help it's always okay to ask for help and to get help for your children but children need to have a strong base to come to a child will only come to the parent if they have confidence in the parent that they're going to be able to help instead of punish them or judge them so 
being able to keep those things in perspective is very important. And I'm also talking from a clinical point of view, because as I said, I work with many children uh, in my work with, uh, in my, my private practice, uh, or in my work, in my career rather, and uh, have learned a lot as well. And, uh, you know, teenagers can be very challenging. Uh, four-year-olds can be very challenging. So, you know, you go through different phases uh, of their development and every phase can be different. Some kids will don't challenge you, some kids will. Uh, important not to compare your children, important to, to, you know, be where the child is. Uh, and remember that when the child's acting out, they're normally looking for, for some, some guidance from you. I think all those things are really important when you're a parent. That's brilliant advice. I thank you for not giving up on us. <laughs> um, I think like the advice you're giving is exactly what you were for us. Like, I, I, I feel like you are and, and will always be that rock. And just having that place of knowingness that you, you weren't going to give up on us and that no matter what, what we did, even if we, you know, had our goofy moments or our moments where we, we tested you or challenged you, um, that you would still be there did really help us to pretty much get back on path. So that is, this is just great advice. I know I will be listening to this over and over. Um, and I guess my final question is, what is the legacy that you want to leave for your children, for your grandkids and your family and just in general, what is your legacy? I think my legacy would be leave the world uh, and my children with hope. I never give up hope because without hope we don't exist. Um, lean on the higher power when you know when you need to. Um, accept your limitations. And, and you know what? Live in the moment. Life is always going to bring challenges. Uh, uh, but I think that if we value what we have, and I think that's really, really important, the gratitude piece, right? Is to be grateful for what we have um, and, and learn from our mistakes. We, we're all here to learn. Uh, and I continue to learn, and I know I have so much more to learn still. Uh, so, you know, those are the things that I would like to leave for my children as well, is to keep those things in their mind and to always have hope that, yes, um, you know, people can heal uh, and that we can all make this world a better place uh, if we really accept others and, and treat others like the way we want to be treated as well. Uh, and also to bring up our children with, with, uh, with that understanding about valuing others and giving and to have gratitude. I think that those are the principles that I grew up with. I've tried to instill them in my children and I know my children are instilling those in my grandchildren. Uh, and I know all these little pieces does add to making the world a better place. Uh, and, and I see that in my children, that the work that they're trying to do or the help that they're trying to give others, of course, it does make a difference. One person at a time, even if you change or have one person out there, um, that is a big piece. Uh, and, and last but not the least is that somebody the other day sent me this beautiful quote which said, um, it's not things that people remember. It's not you know, luxuries, 
is the way you make them feel that a person will always remember. And that is going to be something that has always been part of my legacy is that if I meet somebody who is distressed or needs help, am I going to be able to make it a little bit better for them? Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That is just a really, really beautiful, powerful legacy to leave. And, um, you know, you're, you're already leaving that for us in the sense of in this moment in our lifetime, we've, we very much have felt that from you. And so my, my prayer and my hope is that we can continue to leave um, beautiful soul prints in the world and leave a legacy um, of giving the hope that you are imparting to us, to others, and to continue to serve um, from this place of deep love and heart. And just my prayer is that you always, always feel the depth of love that Natasha and I have for you that you are surrounded by infinite light and peace and that you have a healthy and good quality of life um, and that you just truly get to savor every moment um, together and in terms of quality time with us and, and your grandchildren. And I just wanted to say I love you so much and I'm so grateful that you are here today. I know I'll be listening to this over and over again and truly, I don't know if you, you know this, but this is just a, an amazing gift that you've given um, both me and our family to just share your, your life's journey with us and your insights. And it, it definitely is making our lives brighter. And I know it will make all of those listening their lives brighter as well. So thank you so much, mom. I love you. And um, I, I just appreciate you being here. Thank you, Soraya, and uh, I, I love you very much too, and I'm so proud of you. And, uh, and for all, all the things that you do and who you become. And um, when I look at you um, and, and Natasha, I think my world is complete. Um, uh, there, there are a few more editions coming all the time, but that's fine. They make up the rest of my world. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you and Natasha, and remember, I've always said that. You and Natasha are my heart and my soul, and that's never going to change. So thank you uh, for being the daughter that you are. Always, you know, uh, taking every opportunity to love me, to show your love. And, um, and you know, I, uh, I, I hope that uh, your children will give you as much love as you've given me. Thank you. Thank you. I just... Um... Yeah, I just, I'm so glad God gifted us as you as our mom. And uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. It just, it's very emotional talking to you and just hearing you share your, your, uh, your sentiments with us. So thank you for that. And um, thank you everyone for listening and for being here with my mom and I. Truly, truly happy that you're tuning in. And um, we hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Take care now. Bye-bye. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want to celebrate you for your commitment to self-love and self-growth. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share it forward. 
I also really love connecting and hearing from my audience. So feel free to connect with me on social media. All the details are in the show notes. As I close off, I just want to remind you that you are more than enough. You are more than worthy and you matter. Your life is meant to live in alignment with joy and is meant to unfold the many miracles that await you. Your essence is love. A love which is part of the universe. A love which is unwavering and inextinguishable. A love that is truly meant to be a guiding force in your life. It all begins with learning to love yourself as a universe would. Herein lies the answer to your existence and the answer to peace. Your purpose is to be a full and complete extension of love. Herein lies your ability to usher your beautiful children in the light they are by being the magnificent light you are. I wish you the most beautiful day ahead.